imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact that we're all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, and also welcome to it. Tonight, Mr. Kyle Marks himself, Carl Shane. There's a new, uh, new record there's the lineup, there's tour dates, it's a whole uh, situation. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to that man. That should be, as they say in the biz, a very good time. Uh, so before we get to Carl, real quick, I'm going to do this intro. Welcome to Conan's... Conan, yeah, I'm doing a fantastic job of it, too. Welcome to Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. I am your host, Conan Neutron. I'm a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 22 years, most known for the band Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life, and I use the format of this very long-running podcast to talk about music with musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks that may or may not be household names, but do something very special. This is episode 302. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. And if you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash commercial. And if you like the show or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All of that helps people find the show. And it's just a darn nice thing to do. Just a darn nice thing to do. Darn nice. Uh, so, yeah, without further ado, let's bring on uh, Carl. Carl Shane, welcome to the show. Hey, sir. how's it going? Thank you for having me. I'm gonna switch over to this. There we go. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got it. Yeah. Come sorry, it's so dark in here. It's I'm I'm just I I had to go with the uh, the mood moody lighting. The, ro- the room that has the best air conditioning. It's, it's super <laughs> oh, <yeah>. hot today. <laughs> that's that's absolutely an aesthetic choice I can get behind. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. No vis- visuals definitely take a backseat towards comfort of being in a room as far as I'm concerned. So yes, no, indeed. No harm, no foul. Uh, welcome yeah. man. Uh, congratulations on the, on the, on the, the brand new release too. I know there's a hell of a story behind it, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of newness going on thank in you. the, uh, yeah, in the Cal Mars world, <laughs> but it's a ripper record. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So let's, I guess let's start off with, the fact that uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, but like you started off Cal Marx as kind of like a solo deal, originally. Yeah, right? yeah, M- many many years ago. Uh, I, I 2006, and it was kind of almost more like 
singer songwritery. Yeah, different vibes <laughs> is probably the best way to put it, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely a totally different vibe. And then uh, when it became a band, it it was it became a band in 2010. Right. And at that time, I mean, it wasn't that I I abandoned singer songwriter crap, but it was also kind of at the same time I was really getting into a band called Harvey Milk I, and not only am I it, familiar uh, Creston has been on this show so. yeah I listened to that one because uh, he's I uh, I, don't, I don't really think I've ever heard him talk yeah, it's a pretty, uh, you know, not to immediately derail your story by telling you about something. No, 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 that's fine. But, like, I, I was very honored that he chose to talk with me, and it, I, I get the feeling that I, I was like, oh, you don't do this very much, do you? So, uh, yeah, I feel, no, pretty... I think, I, I think that's how I found out about your show. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> you were the guy. Um, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think I, yeah, I was just, I, I don't know, somewhere saw it posted somewhere like Creston speaks, yeah. you know, and <laughs> right, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, super like one of the most underrated oh. minds and musical talents there is. And, um, brilliant. Yeah. So, and I've just been one of his biggest fans. Uh, it, it really coincided with when the band became, the uh, uh, when Cal Marx became a band. What people it, think of when they think of the band Cal Marx is, uh, as, as you yeah, know, yeah. Right? Not that to say that it would be very apparent that we were influenced by Harvey Milk. It was still, you know, nowhere near as brutal as them. But it was like leeching into the. Uh, a guy that was obsessed with Bob Dylan, you know, <laughs> or, 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 and Mo modest mouse or something like that. It really, uh, yeah. I, I, I totally got overcome by their catalog. I love that every record was different. Yeah. And I, I love that there was humor. I loved how dark it was. I loved that it was just, there were so many different aspects of it, but you knew it was them right away. I'm, I'm just immediately recognizable, no matter what it is they were up to at any given moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, a use, good use of space, I mean, especially for those early records. I mean, good Lord. Like, the patience <laughs> between some yeah. of the notes is like, you got to be kidding me, these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that first record... I wouldn't say there's one specific record that's my favorite, but like sometimes I'm kind of like, yeah, that first one was really amazing. I don't know. They're all really great. There's really yeah. nothing that I can think of. There's nothing exactly like it. There's certainly other records like kind of like that, I guess, but, and then they even yeah. didn't repeat themselves after it too, which I, I respect. I respect that. Yeah. Some, yeah. A couple people have asked me what's a similar band and I I tell them like, like, like with a shrug I go Melvin's Melvin's kind of <laughs> like in some ways but, yeah, <laughs> and I I love the Melvins but there's like, there's like, way more of like a, 
tortured soul, like, behind it. Like, a very, I, I don't know, I just, there's all sorts of different kinds of artists, but, yeah. like, it was, I, it, it really spoke to me. And, sure. uh, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I can, I can hear it somewhat compositionally, too, at least in terms of, like, in the way they, and I've said this before, but when someone says a band sounds like Melvin's that can mean a couple things it means yeah oh, they sound yeah, like totally. one record that the Melvin's did in one era of what they did or like one thing yeah. that they do yeah or that they have you know they're just not afraid to go deep so to speak yeah uh, yeah and, and that's kind of what I that's kind of what I hope for and it's usually just like oh no you guys like bullhead too huh okay yeah <laughs> yeah I yeah. mean and that's let's be clear that's not just a Melvin's thing too that's like a oh yeah, they kind of sound like shellac. Okay, what does that mean when you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But I think I see what you're saying, the fact that, like, the way things kind of fit together, but also kind of coming from, and it's a loaded term, but, like, the singer, more singer-songwriter-y uh, perspective as well. Like, that that side of things, like Kristen does. Yeah. Not that Cal Marx isn't, like, collaborative. It's totally no, of course collaborative. Not. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, uh yeah, I feel like he just has this like very interesting point of view and very he like built his own vocabulary and everything like yeah. from his guitar playing to the way he likes to space things to structuring to his lyrics like everything was this I like world building like I like artists that like like a Tom Waits, like kind of yeah. like they built build a like it's so on its own, and you can like really step into it. It's dense. Like, it's it's very dense in that way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I saw them uh, in 2012. I think that was the last time they ever came around, and they were so drunk <laughs> i thought you were gonna say good but that's hilarious that it's no drunk. that that being said <laughs> it was surprising how good they were right okay like yeah. they were still perfect they yeah. played everything perfect but they were so drunk and crescent was like maybe kind of getting kind of like emotional drunk and, oh right that 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 style sure yeah and but they were still like Everything was perfect. There was not one bit of sloppiness to it. But <laughs> we're like downing shots, like in between every <laughs> every song. And uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was it was it was great. <laughs> they do any uh, pleaser songs, or was it uh, more um, the, the heady material? They did rock and roll party. No, I don't think so at all. Which I like. I don't hate that record. Either. No, it's like, I, I totally dig it. Actually, some people. I I've talked about this recently with somebody. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I t uh, uh, I talked to this guy about how I have some friends that are too serious about their music yeah. taste. Yes, and I like I like art artsy fartsy stuff for sure i like the pretentious stuff but i also like and like 
B-52s are fucking amazing. Like, yes. like you, <laughs> you can't, like, like, have any irony or any humor in your music. And so I, I definitely did have some friends that were like, fuck, fuck the pleaser. That's, it's an awful record. And I'm like, it rips. It's, it's great. And it's funny. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's so like a different side of, it's like, maybe there was like a little taste of that in their other records. And then they're just like, we're going all in on this record. Yeah, we're, it's, you know, it, it's it's an all in sort of situation. Like, and and I mean, maybe you would agree, maybe you disagree, but I think if it just hadn't been called Harvey Milk, people would have been less. Certain people would have been less upset by it, but I think it's fantastic yeah, yeah, that they did because yeah. it's sort of like, no, we're just gonna do whatever the heck we want. What we want to do is apparently sound like Kiss. So okay, great. You know, yeah, <laughs> I think there's you. a big. <laughs> I think there's a big through line through a lot of music that I like where you kind of get this feeling that you're just like, Oh, they don't give a fuck. Like right. they, they're going to, they're, do, they're doing their own thing and they don't care yeah. about what is the trend at all. You know? And a lot of people will say that a lot of people will claim that, but backing it yeah. up and like, you know, putting it all on black and, Pushing, pushing the chips yeah. forward is yeah. a wildly different scenario because there's no yeah. guarantee, you know, for bands that have built an audience anyway, that people are going to be along for the ride with you. And you have to be willing to, you know, take that gamble. Yeah. And then the other thing about them, too, is like that having that humor, but also having that like these the darkest moments and then also yes. the most beautiful like moments I think that really has always kind of attracted me. Like I, I, I talked about Tom Waits, but like one of Tom my favorite Waits, arts of all time, by the way, just FYI. So absolutely <laughs> same here. There's, uh, I know some people will be like, if I say like, there's nobody like Tom Waits and they'll be like, well, there's captain Beefheart and I'm a big Beefheart fan too, Likewise, yeah. but I'm like, it's the only similarity is their voice. That's it. That is it their music is so different. Um, and, uh, but, um, Tom Waits, the ability to make something that sounds like a circus nightmare <laughs> to right, then yeah. being like one of the most beautiful songs ever. Yeah. I feel like it really makes in the context of the work, it really makes it very effective to me. I agree. Uh, that I think that's just me, though. Like only certain kind of people like that. Well, I think <laughs> if, I think if there were, so think about it this way, right? There's a lot of bands that were like, oh, it's a Stones ripoff, and like you know, like whatever. For some reason, like sometimes it's kind of given a pass, sometimes it isn't. But the fact that there are so few artists that trade in that kind of, and and, when, and to be clear, I'm talking about not the Troubadour Tom Waits period, but the the clanking pans and you know, Tin yeah. Pan Alley, uh, Kathleen Brandon era. If there had been dozens and dozens of people working in that idiom, I don't think that there would be quite so many. Oh well, yeah, but Captain Beefheart. It's like yeah, yeah Captain yeah. Beefheart. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the same, man. It's not exactly no. the same thing. It's like there's a lot of bands that you could say like have like a through line to. I mean, like, look, I love the Hot Snakes, right? Yeah. I also love the Wipers, and like, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Hot Their snakes, first record is 
very wipers. Very wipersy, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that because, like no. you know, Greg Sage isn't even doing it anymore. So it's like, hey, you know, good, good for you guys. I know I wish it was too, yeah. but but like I think when there's fewer examples and somebody uh, like a beef artist so iconic, I think that there's a natural inclination, especially when it's something that's let's be clear, Tom Waits' voice is an acquired taste, right? For sure, and, yeah. and, and like. As much as one of my favorite artists of all time, I'll rarely evangelize because I figure people are smart enough to make up their own mind. And it's just mm-hmm. a tiresome conversation and it, it's what it is. But I think that the songwriting, again, heretical concept amongst music nerds circles, I think there's way stronger songwriting in the Tom Waits world than the Captain Beefheart world. I think Captain uh, Beefheart, yeah, totally. I, I think Captain Beefheart, what he did with songwriting with him and his collaborators and Magic Band is like, if anything, a little underrated. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pound for pound, like actual songwriting, Tom Waits wins in a walk. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, you can definitely hear a lot more bands that are influenced by the Captain B part yeah. sound. Because the truth is, Tom Waits doesn't make rock music. Right. And if he Captain does, it's B almost part by did. Yeah. When Tom Waits makes rock music, it's almost by accident. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's almost like, oh, he, I guess that's a rock song. All right. <laughs> I know, Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like uh, Going Out West. It's like yeah. the closest to a, a actual rock song. But he still, like, I don't think he ever used electric bass <laughs> or a normal, like, trap set. And, and uh, but with Captain V part, it's a band that, it's, it's, it's a rock band. Yeah. That is just like mangled and like <laughs> it's been sent Ornette to Neptune Coleman's and came back together. Warped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which and, is, which uh, is the appeal. And I say he- that as a compliment. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and you can hear that in a lot of bands. Like they'll, I'll routinely still find bands where they're like, you know, they they got the squonk. I call it, and I'm like, oh, you guys got the Captain Beefheart squonk. You squonk, huh? You squonk. <laughs> you, you like to squonk around. <laughs> Squonking around. <laughs> but also, that being said, Captain Beefheart, one of my favorite records by him is actually one of his more conventional records, and it's Doc at the Radar. Oh, there wait, you go. I was gonna say no, wait, no, see- Clear Spot. Sorry, Clear Spot. Clear Spot. Doc at the Radar. I love that too. That's a little bit more squonky. It was either going to be that or Safest Milk. It's like there's a very small amount. <laughs> Safest Milk was the first one I listened to, yeah. actually. And well, actually, that's not true. My brother showed me Trout Mask when I was in third grade. My brother's five years older. Right. And okay. I was like, I don't understand music. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what this is. What is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so I ventured into, I just bought from a record store Safest Milk. And was like, oh, this isn't as frightening. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, but um, Clear Spot is, I think that record fucking rules because it has. It's a little bit. It's more conventional, but still not. It's still very unique. It, it is. Yeah. There's nothing quite and like it, that one either. Yeah. And it has one of his most beautiful songs ever called. Uh, oh, what's it called? My my. My head is my only house except when it rains. Right. I think it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, my friends were gonna make it their uh, uh, their first dance song at their wedding. Oh. And I was, and they went for something. More, they went more for like Van Morrison instead, right, sure. something yeah. that wouldn't frighten people. But I was like, damn, I wish you guys did that. That would have been so sick. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you can, you can make a whole theme of it. Her eyes are a blue million miles would work in that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, but, yeah. but yeah, that's, it's not, maybe the uh, the extended family is not going to quite get down with it as much. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I've, I've, I've taken you for a ride with Tom Waits and, uh, yeah. Creston <laughs> and, 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 it's uh, my B-Fart fault now. No, no, no. It's nobody's fault, but I'm saying, uh, we, we were originally talking about the the protogenesis of of Cal Marx as a, from a project into a band. So, can you speak a little bit to that evolution uh, earlier on? Yeah. Um, so, in uh, 2010, we formed a three piece version of the band. It was me and um, my friend from high school that played drums Mm -hmm. and we played in a band in high school. And then, uh, this guy that we randomly met through a friend of a friend who recorded us Mm -hmm. and he, he, he wanted to record us and we didn't, we were like, we don't have a bass player yet. And he was like, I'll do it. And so that was the first lineup that went for two years uh we recorded ep but never really did any serious touring just like northeast stuff and then um it became an another three piece with two different drummers uh a a different drummer and a different bass player and that's when we recorded the first full length the goodbye horses uh no no sorry actually wow you were going back that yeah, far yeah I'm going back that some far. don't acknowledge that some uh, that <laughs> is it something non canonical <laughs> yeah that that's canonical so that was the first that was actually the first the lineup. first first one okay yeah 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 life is murder um the thing is with goodbye horses is that that is totally like more like I in my mind pre band kind of. It's 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 like a solo record in my mind. Sure. Even though that band was on it, I wrote all those songs by myself and was tooling them around for forever, trying to get people to play. And then the first trio record to me is Life is Murder. Life is Murder, right. Yeah. And then that trio version went for a while. We made uh, a couple records as as that trio mm-hmm. and then the pan- pandemic hit and that was left everything up to question right which is certainly not not necessarily a unique case uh for, yeah, for yeah. you guys but uh but notable and, and the fact i think you have an interesting turn with it that this is basically like a whole new cal marx like not not, not correct me if i'm wrong but two-time guest dylan yeah of a dear yeah. horse uh, hit you up and was was like, hey, let's you want to do something, right? Is is that the how that kind of came came to be? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so even before the pandemic hit, um, our our drummer for that was with us for a long time quit, um, which I was super bummed about because he's like he was a great drummer and he was also a great friend and he, uh, I, I don't see him anymore because he moved away, but we still try to talk and whatnot because I, he was just a great hang and everything. Uh, so when he quit, it was definitely hard to imagine 
what who who could join. Yeah. And Dylan did immediately throw his name out there uh, to us. I, and we had played with a deer horse a bunch of times. Yeah. I'd never really talked to him too too much, but he messaged me on on Facebook or something, I think, and was like, and, but I was under the impression that he meant it like if you ever need somebody to fill in. Right, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're doing a thing and you need a person. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah. And uh, so I, I just kept it in the file in my mind as being like, he would be good if we need somebody for a tour. Yeah, yeah. But ideally, it would be great to find a permanent drummer. And then I even mentioned to him, like, would you want to do a tour in the fall of 2020? And he was, he, I think he even said, yeah, we'd be down. And then pandemic hit, wasn't really talking to anybody. Yeah. Not, I, I didn't think for a good long while, I didn't think there was any possibility of anything. I think a lot of people felt that way. I think it was, you, that was not just you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it was literally like, I would like to do music, but it might not with, be with people. Yeah. And it might not be performed live. Um, because ever. that's kind of how it started, right? I mean, you didn't necessarily have the expectation that it was going to be all performed live. It was your yeah. approach. Yeah. Like, Let's just write a song and see what happens. Yeah, I, I mean, I started it recording in my sister's base, uh, uh, bathroom because I liked the reverb and on cassette. Just like that's how right. I started doing it. Yeah, it's old school. Uh, <laughs> and, and it, but um, I think it was like, two or three months into the pandemic um he reached out again and i that's when i realized that he was serious like yeah. he wanted to play actually play and work on stuff and so we talked on the phone for a while and it was at that same time that christina yeah joined uh, and we already always talked about wanting a second guitar player but we were always so lazy about it <laughs> Fair. and um it was only gonna happen if it could be easy uh right and um and then we played with my friend phil for a while but it wasn't really his bag and then uh we landed with john because I didn't know, none of us knew John, but it turned out he knew similar people, and Dylan recommended him. Dylan said, basically, he was like, I don't even remember this guy's name, but I played in a <laughs> Dead Kennedys cover band. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Him. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. And uh, so he's like, I could reach out to him. He Dylan reached out to him. Then he emailed me, and then we just I, – I, I, I'm not good with texting and, um, and emails, so I just asked him if he wanted to talk on the phone, and we did, and we just geeked out for an hour or two, and I just kind of knew, like, yeah, if he's down, it's going to be good. Nice. And so that solidified – and that was – but that was literally – Three weeks before going in to record. Oh wow! It was that. It was that early on. Okay, interesting. Okay. So John really performed 
uh, like a hail yeah, mary like a, pass. For I was gonna, a, say, I was gonna say that speaks to his credit big time. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Well, and I assume uh, Christina, you probably knew her through Bethlehem Steel, uh, previously, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, we went on tour together. That's, mm-hmm. and then we start, and then we started dating, and then I threw it out there like a joke, like you should play guitar in the band, thinking she would be like fuck no and (laughs) And she was like fuck yes (laughs) and she didn't she didn't answer she didn't well she didn't answer right away it was like and then i think it was like right around with the time when dylan was like yes i'm i'm down i think that like kind of piqued her interest like he's a good drummer i that'd be fun it's it's fun to play with good musicians yeah yeah, as it turns out who knew right yeah yeah so um but then also you're you're dealing a situation where second guitar there's other ideas there's like the space changes like the literally the space between the notes right and the uh uh, the dynamic range like it's 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 a different experience and it's different from when it's one person doing things like an overdub and like another talented player bringing their creativity into it too yeah yeah totally um yeah, I, I mean, also with the trio version of, of the band, I think I left a lot of space yeah. as a guitar player uh, for the rhythm section. And I'm just also not that good at guitar. So, <laughs> uh, well, so... look, look, I mean, people can sit there in Guitar Center and, and do their Ingve Malmsteen impressions all day long, but they can't yeah. write a song, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not about how quote-unquote good you are it's about what you do with it yeah yeah well that's very true it's kind of funny how like there's not that many really really like virtuoso talented musicians that are good songwriters Mm -hmm. it's like stevie wonder prince that's about it <laughs> like I'd say Dwayne Dennison has has, has earned his, his keep, but uh yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that actually at first. Uh, um It's it's a small actually, it's a small amount. And it's a certain type of shredding too that he does. Like it's not like uh, the notes per minute shredding that people think. Well of. he kind of plays like I like it's I get tasteful. the impression that he's the kind of player that as is actually holding back. Mm-hmm. Oh, he like, could. He absolutely he, could. He just thinks it's... he could do all that crap. Yeah, but he actually chooses not to. He actually like purposely picks his his notes, and he picks it compositionally too, which is yeah. a different kind of. He player. has a very compositional brain. Yeah, that's that's I that I don't know him. I, that's <laughs> why I'm just guessing from listening. No, to, no, yeah, he's he's yeah. he's been on a couple times. Uh, yeah. The one and only guitar lesson I ever took, which is in 20, oh really, which was in twenty twenty because I was like fuck it why not was with Dwayne yeah. Dennison of which I picked up maybe three point four to five percent of it but it was still yeah. amazing. <laughs> wow wow but like I was I've never taken a guitar lesson in my life and I played you know thirty years and uh, yeah yeah I was like well what else am I doing sure I'll take a guitar lesson from Dwayne Dennison and and, and my thing was like hey you know I got a thing I do. I can pretty much do it until the end of time. People that seem to dig it, that dig it, you know, whatever, it's fine. But that's not good enough for me. I want to push myself out of the corners and try some different stuff. So, like, yeah. this is how I would want to engage with you on that, is that I want to, like, 
get tips and tricks for things that I wouldn't have thought of doing so I can push myself harder. That's cool. And, yeah. and he was like, that's great. He's like, some, this is like most people just want to sit there and learn Jesus Lizard songs. I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, that does sound cool, but that's not exactly my bag. Uh, like, yeah. But uh, yeah, it totally, and for, for my purposes, it totally did that as well. But yeah, first ever guitar lesson at like, 43 or whatever whatever age i was yeah. in time <laughs> i i didn't take that many lessons either uh but i remember my mom i think i got signed up for like classical guitar and uh <laughs> the, the guitar teacher like quickly like realized like you don't want to do this right and i was like <laughs> no I really don't. It's not my bag, baby. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, well, what do you want? And I was just like, I just wouldn't mind learning some different chords or like some actual like music theory that I could use so I could apply to writing songs. And I'm like 14 years old. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're you're thinking like, you want to be a songwriter at 14. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I, I always knew that I always knew it. And, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And so that, yeah, that was, that was, um, really like my only, uh, guitar lessons was, wasn't, uh, it wasn't even really like learning scales and stuff like that. I mean, it was, there was that, but it was more like, just like, Here's an A chord. Here's an A minor, like that kind of. We would just dissect a song, and he would show me, and I didn't retain all of it, but I would be like, "Oh, that's what a key change is," because I right. took piano lessons for years, and I didn't learn shit. I just learned how to. <laughs> I just learned how to read. Right, right, right. Which which is useful, but it's not probably why you were doing it. Yeah. It's not that useful, though, because when you think about it, when you play with a band, like I tried to play keyboards with a band, and they were like, this song's in C. And I was like, you know what? I don't even really know what the key of C is. I don't know what to do with that information. I know it's, I, I know <laughs> yeah. it's this key right here. Yeah, yeah. And but... I know it's that dot on that staff right there, but I don't really know what is the key of C, like yeah. what are the other notes. I didn't learn any of that stuff, like from piano lessons. Like, I just learned like how the to. Whole, like, there's this mode, and these ones sound good. This is a dissonance. This is a blah blah blah. All that music theory stuff. I didn't learn any of no, none of that, none of that. And maybe the truth is they were teaching me that, but I'm just way too, like, ADD. It didn't process in the way that. Well, yeah. What do you expect an eight year old to? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. I think to fu <laughs> fully understand dissonance, you also need to understand like actual like what the world is like. Mm. Mm. You actually have to learn what like chaos actually is, and I didn't understand. I knew what I knew: Nirvana, Transformers, and to put the toilet seat down. That's all I knew. Like. <laughs> Which is, if you're only going to know three things, you could do worse. Yeah. <laughs> At least one of those is practical, right? I mean, hey. yeah. And so, um, yeah. Uh, 
that 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 guitar lesson was way more helpful than and the years of just uh piano lessons reading music which was honestly like it, it echoed the same thing of like school for me was horrific just yeah. like i to to be forced to pay attention is uh it's not it's not easy for me yeah and it's i think for a really long time it was just seen as like a deficit to the student which is just sort of like well no people don't grasp and retain things all the same way it's not you know it's not a square peg in a square hole it's it's yeah different for different people and i think people are starting to realize that now hopefully yeah. but then there's also i mean like whatever but i but i also wouldn't wouldn't trade being a kid now for the life of me because that's a horse escape in a different way not the least oh, yeah. which includes yeah. shootings but anyway uh that's yeah. a different podcast entirely yeah so yeah you kind of through through your way kind of autodidact yourself into learning about music and the the the, the theory that you pick up in terms of how you songwrite and and you pick these things up and and you pick them up and kind of like uh, it seems like you're almost like magpie and stuff right you're you're picking up what you want out of this and that yeah yeah when, when what, what piques your interest at the time exactly because what might pique your interest then or you know might change later like it, it's always changing it's always changing um but it was record like record collecting and noticing different things every listen through you know that was also a huge part of learning would you say you're very self-reflective as a musician? Probably, yeah. 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 And I think and the reason why I say that is because I think a lot of people were forced to spend a lot of time with themselves and their their thoughts when when COVID hit. Yeah, which yeah. wasn't wasn't always a treat for everybody. Let's put it that way. Um, I love thinking, but yeah, for some for some folks it's great, and for some folks it's uh, you know maybe, maybe less great. But it, it seems like being at a time of great transition for the band, or I, I guess I should say just musically. Like, at what point are you like, no, let's just let's just this is Cal Marx now. This this is what this is. Like, at what do you have to like get together and play a little bit first? Do you have like the jigsaw puzzle in your mind of like, well okay, then maybe it's two guitars now. Maybe it's like Dylan on drums and the songs sound like this now. Hmm. I mean, I, I right now it's better than it's ever been. And I like, that's not even my opinion. That's like a lot of people's opinion that have actually been able to see us. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's not to discredit. No, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's no uh, patch on what came before or anyone else. That yeah. Involved before. It's not at just, all. It's just um, there, like to go back to Dwayne Dennison. That that is a band that would I don't want to hear with two guitars. Why would you? But, right, exactly. Why would I, you? That's terrible. I, yeah. <laughs> but our band is a band that should have been with two guitars from the get go. Um, well, and you mentioned the leaving space thing. That's something that's very apparent yeah. in the earlier conversations, yeah. too, is that there's a kind of economy of motion, which always kind of happens to a certain degree, usually with, like, trios. But, like, I, I think it works specifically because of the style that you 
tend to gravitate towards. Like it, it leads to more uh, composition opportunities to do something cool. Yeah, yeah. I I still love the idea of a trio, but <laughs> it really requires. Um. It it really requires a definitive identity. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and I feel like Calmarx is always kind of evolving. It's it's not like every single record is like I don't even recognize this band anymore. But it's it's uh, it always is like a, a little bit changing because I just it's not because I'm trying to change with the times. I don't give a fuck about trends or anything. It's just. Uh, I have to keep it interesting for myself, and I uh, I think the rest of the band would probably say the same thing too. So it's so from now it's like always going to be about trying to figure out how to do something different with what we have at at our disposal, and then uh, but with within reason, you know, it's not like the next record is going to be like just all uh, us on circuit bending. Crap, you <laughs> right, know? So here's the ska record. Here's the electronic record. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so... Trios are... I I love... I, I really love trios. Like, you know, Motorhead. But that's a band that's like... It... Not... It, might sound a, like a slight, but that's a band that's kind of stayed the same all the way through. Right. And uh, and I I really love that. I really love that about them. But I don't think it's I. You know, it's always I it, I can't not change. It's just in my nature. Sure. Uh, well, and you know, there's there's plenty of great power trios, right? I mean. You know. Jimi Hendrix Experience, yeah. Minutemen, uh, you know, Shellac, ZZ Top, uh, you know. I, I, um, can I tell my Mike Watts story? By, yes, please. I, I He has been on this show and knocked me over with a feather. I've been on his, and it's one of the coolest things that it has ever oh, happened yeah? to me. Yeah, I, I, was, I was blown away. I, I, it's incredible that a mansion not sound is overwhelmed and like excited as i as i actually was but yeah please tell your mike watts please 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 it's a quickie because it was a very brief interaction we played with his italian band oh Um, uh what are they called um i don't think i I probably would butcher the pronunciation of it uh it's it's called something kind of ambitious i remember that but yeah um but it kind of got billed as mike watt Il, il Sonio del Marignano? Oh, yeah, I think that's what it is. It, it means yeah. like the sailor's dream, if I remember correctly, but it's like, I took German. They, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, they they were great, by the way, but um, but everybody that was at that show was like, clearly like, I don't even know what this is, but I just know that Mike Watt's playing. Yeah. And we were like, you know, Minutemen was also a very crucial band to me, especially in high school. I they were the band that made me go. I would like to be in a band like that. Yeah, where it's like if like it feels like three best friends all ping ponging off of each other, 
nobody's the star it's just it's very and it's very freeing and like and that one yeah so anywho i when we got asked to open up for mike watt we were all like giddy as fuck like we couldn't believe it and uh we play um i think he fucked up his leg Mm. so he like kind of just stayed in one spot the whole entire time and then once we were done playing he came over to us and he said great job you know radical cats or something like that (laughs) some wadism yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and then he um he asked us how old we were and at that time i was 27 and so i said i'm i'm 27 Oh, actually, first, he asked us where we were from. Mm-hmm. And uh, our drummer at that time was living in Lowell. And he went, Jack Kerouac, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and then he went, he went, I conked out at a cat's pad there once. Heavy, <laughs> heavy city, man. Heavy city. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> and then he asked us how old we were. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm 27. And he was like, Great, keep it up or whatever. And he was walking away, and we thought that was the end of the exchange. And then just over his shoulder, he just went, I was 27 when I made double nickels on the dime. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it was a slight. If it yeah, was yeah. Like, is, is, that, is that like, I mean, funny? I don't, I don't is it care. a flex? That's, is it informational? That's amazing. Yeah, that's still... amazing amazing story let the listener interpret that however they like it's still awesome exactly yeah (laughs) it was unreal yeah that's why i love that that's fantastic yeah yeah he's that that dude is a he's he's an interesting cat oh for sure but a force for good and a uh, very very uh notable one i again when i had him on i got a lot of compliments for keeping him on track (laughs) <laughs> Real, yeah he can kind of go ape simpson on you i guess not not because of his age just like you're like he's just well, yeah. he's got a lot he's got a lot of cool Thoughts. things that he's done he's got a lot of yeah. like derivations that are all none of them are boring it's never you know it's a, but that man can talk he's so. seen uh he's seen a lot he's met yeah. a lot of amazing people he's digest probably like i think i've digest a lot of music he's probably digest hundreds of times more you know music than i have ever had but but i love that he still you know flies the flag for yeah the the start your own band you know the the diy or die there's no uh you know what it's saying that one documentary like you know audiences down here bands up there i like it when everyone's on the same you know you're taking turns yeah like that. yeah yeah i was like wow that's that's and that i thought when i saw whatever that wasn't even like the minimum doc that was like some other documentary i saw oh like really a million years ago and it was like oh yeah huh minimum I, I, documentary i i remember buying the day it came out so good it's one of my favorites <laughs> of all time one of i favorites. bought it the day it came out and i watched it a zillion fucking times yeah it, it's 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 not a it's a great music documentary. It really is. I, I would put it up there with thorough. the best. Yeah, it, it's 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 everything you hope it's gonna be, right? I mean, and, and and I think it's it serves the purpose that I feel like the very best music documentaries. You can show it to someone who's not familiar with the music, 
and they'll be like, wow, that was great at the end of it. Yeah. And I have literally yeah. done that. And like it, the, the reaction was, wow, that was great. Yeah. So, okay. We love Mike Watt. Let, let, <laughs> let it be known. But uh, see, so you're, you're getting ready for this new version of Cal Marx. Uh, you're going to record the new record. You're going to record. It's uh, You haven't played out. You haven't toured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You. You like. Had you played together beyond just like a practice or two at that point, or what? Oh, we had been playing with Dylan and like Christina, and we tried with uh, my buddy. For we 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 had been playing for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just. Get, it was like literally the tires getting, a little bit, like getting into the rhythm of it, so to speak. Yeah, we would get tested, drive to New York, or they would come he- to Boston, and then we would get in a room. It was miserable, like, practicing with masks on. Uh, the worst. It, it really was. It really, really was. And honestly, looking back on it, like, I, I, I want to totally uh, encourage people to be as safe as uh, they as, as they need to be, but we were getting tested, and we still wore masks. It's like what the fuck, like we, we were getting PCR tests, like you know, like but we, we didn't know, we didn't know what we know now, though. That's the thing to remember as well. And yeah, and, and it was literally a situation of better safe than sorry. We were thinking <laughs> I, I might get it from eating this banana, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's and uh, so. Yeah. We did that for we were practicing for 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 over uh, no no about a year yeah and uh, and then when John came in we just had to drill and drill and drill and then uh, and actually Dylan John lives in New York Dylan lives in New York so they would actually get together too um, just the two of and them and do work so, just as a rhythm section on their own yeah which was that hu- helps huge yeah huge and Dylan worked on his own. And we would demo and work, demo and work, demo and work on our own. And uh, so by the time we actually did record, it was kind of baffling how well we worked, how, how, <laughs> how tight we were. Sure, yeah. Um, the, the hardest thing, though, was vocals because you didn't have any shows behind oh sure of course yeah it's how do you know even where stuff fits in it's it's almost it's not even that it's it's literally just having your voice born in i like i don't know how to explain it but it's just my voice reacts differently when it's performed in front of people like yeah i can push way harder it's like a nervous reaction or something. I don't know. Well, it's a and, muscle, right? So since it's a, since it's the kind of thing where it's not it's if it doesn't feel the same if you don't have that lived experience of doing it every night, then it would make sense that you it doesn't feel yeah. familiar. And yeah. If it doesn't feel familiar, then you're going to be approaching it differently than if it's like you know exactly how it goes, even if you can't yeah. articulate what the muscles are doing when you do it. Yeah. And um so 
it, it like it, there was li- during the recording there was literally a moment where Seth the engineer at uh, machines with magnets um he literally was like saying to me he's like if we have to if you have to do the vocals at home you know that's okay it's going to be okay you have you have a microphone at home right and i'm like yes he was like you 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 might have to do it at home on your own time because you don't got it right now and i was like yeah i i really don't have the gas in me and then it was literally like did not sleep being like i i got to fucking do this that just scared my dog um and uh, uh <laughs> i and uh and then i knocked it out actually and i didn't have to do the vocal set home because, right. i mean i didn't I, I'm still not like as happy as I could be, but I did the best I could. Uh, it's just you know, with previous records, we always did it after a string of shows. Of shows, you get to warm it up. You get to get it really familiar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it it was really hard, and Seth was like, yeah, "No, I've been. This is everybody's problem right now, right? Because uh, you know he's recording all the time, and he's." recording a lot of bands and and they all had the same same problem yep it was literally like the wind got you know like taken out of you yeah yeah um so it it literally took being really pissed at myself to to actually do it and also my voice has dropped like almost a full octave you know, I did notice that, and I would—I didn't really—I didn't know if that was like an aesthetic choice or if that was just like a natural. I mean, it happens a little bit with, with aging, anyway. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Have you ever ask Robert to Plant? Like, <laughs> have you? Yeah, have you heard like Leonard Cohen's first record and then oh man, last record? Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like sub octave. Yeah, you it, know? it's 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 kind of remarkable. We're sort of like, oh wow, why does this sound so different? I know. Why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, yeah, like when I would yell, when I scream or yell, whatever you want to call it, and it used to be like a hiss, and now it's a growl. Yeah. It's a grunt or or, or something. And, uh, I don't know. If people hate it, I, I, it's literally I mean, all, I, I can't do anything about it. I mean, I think it makes sense. I mean, do you ever, I, I think about it in terms of, um, you ever listen to the Paper Chase, John Congleton's band? I know who he is. Okay. Uh, as a producer, sure, uh, sure. And I've heard the the name, but I, I the Paper Chase, but I haven't gotten around to it. In, incredible band. Uh, and before he was winning Grammys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and the record. I, I know it's like it's kind of like bizarre right it's like, cool it's, yeah it, it's noisy but like the songwriting is very concise and cool like it's very uh the the way it all fits together is really interesting and awesome but the reason why i'm invoking the paper chase is because john conklin had a certain yelp i guess is the best way you could put it this is really noticeable on the earlier records that kind of as as it went on, it sort of like changed a little bit, like the timber of it changed, and he found mm-hmm. a way to kind of lean into it, which which was which is interesting. 
Uh, I think you'd like the paper chase, but uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. That, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Actually, I haven't had I haven't had John Conglin on this show like since it started. Uh, oh, okay. Since before he won the Grammy, because if I remember right, I think I said, "Do you want me to kneecap Jack White for you?" <laughs> I think wow. I'll have to. I'd have to listen back to it because that's like seven years ago. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a fascinating dude. Like an incredible talent as a musician as well as a producer. And I think he gets. He's... Yeah, have you listened to that record he produced for? Um... Angel Olsen? No, no, I, I keep I keep meaning to listen to it because it's I was like, oh, I'll listen to it if John did it. Like that sounds awesome. It's but, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, like I I, I thought of her music as just being like, yeah, it's good, it's good, yeah. it's good. But then I heard that record, and I'm like, whoa, this is like high art. I mean, yeah. I kind of it's it's heretical because I I like what. Annie does production wise too, but my favorite St. Vincent's are the ones that he worked oh, on. Oh, really? And, yeah. And the self titled, yeah. especially, is one that I think is like, you know, kind of like a career highlight for me. And it's, you know, and it's not to, it's no patch on the other ones, but like, I just, yeah. I think that they're, those two together was a really incredible pairing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, this yelping, yelling, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it changes as you get older. And, yeah, to, for sure. I can't. I, I gets way more exhausting for some of us, by the way. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, screaming and yelling isn't hasn't gotten harder for me actually, but it's actually gotten way easier. But it's just it's it it's not coming out of the same. It's like yeah, it's like a pipe organ that just expanded or something, or got crushed or like you know it's. Oh, oh, unfortunately, the wind is going to sound different coming out of it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, quite literally, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just the, the wind in question is from your lungs. But, uh, yeah. you know, it does, you know, the, the, the diaphragm changes, your throat changes, like everything about it. And then that's and that's without anything changing because of outside attributes and ex- extensible events because that has a factor as well especially if you're not playing all the time too yeah yeah so uh but it's yeah it's it's interesting you mentioned that because i actually felt that the, the, on the new one that i think i think the vocals are especially good i think it's it's one of one of, oh, your, one you. of your best vocal performances actually um thank you so but, much because i've been so self-conscious about that but so that that that's thank you thank you very much yeah but it, it just, you know, but it does hit a little different. But that kind of fits with the whole fact that the whole band's a little different now. Like it, it's, yeah. it's not like it's again, you're not playing ska songs, right? But like it's, no. <laughs> it it does come come at things a little bit differently. And it, but it fits nicely. It doesn't seem like a jump necessarily. It just seems like it seems it seems more lived in than I guess maybe it should be given credit for considering how new it was. But it sounds like you put in the work before ever. Uh, recording the record even if it wasn't playing shows yeah 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 well dylan's really good and he uh he's he doesn't really bullshit around he's pretty serious when it comes to playing and uh and john's really good and christina's very good so i i i feel like uh, i i like usually when i'm pl- when we play my mind is kind of usually kind of blank Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then every so often when there's like a heightened moment, I can't help but think like, 
fuck, I'm so lucky right now. Like, I'm playing with amazing musicians. And that's really hard to come by. Uh, it's actually, no, it's, it's not hard to come by good musicians. It's hard to come by a group of musicians that have a solid chemistry. Yeah, where stuff's hitting, where it becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really hard to come by. Uh, I mean, it's, I've seen, you know, I've seen a zillion fucking bands, and it's only every so often that you see one where you go, whoa, you could feel like, I, 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 I'm not a superficial, uh, not uh, supernatural believer or anything, but it, it is like almost like that hippie, dippy shit where you're like, oh, I can feel the energy that they have <laughs> right, or whatever. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can like just like this band is unreal. Like the everybody fits together. It's doing it's doing the thing that it needs to be doing. Yeah, and, and yeah. there is there is something special that happens when that is the case, you know, and that's, I think, palpable, even if it's not definable as an audience member, I think it's still noticeable. Yeah. And there's plenty of times where it's like, wow, everyone here is a killer musician, but this just somehow doesn't transcend. Yeah. When, I feel like when we are actually like playing our best, I feel like, even the people that are like, I fucking hate this music are still like, but they're good at what they're doing. Yeah. It, it, it compels. Exactly. There's a, comp- a compelling nature to it that brings in. Uh, yeah. It can bring folks in that maybe otherwise wouldn't be on board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then. Oh, how did you played with Kowloon Walt city? Oh, you right. Yeah. Recently, yeah. Who are old, uh, old friends. I mean, fantastic band. Ian, Scott, and John have all been on the show at different, oh, nice. different times. Um, Scott's been on twice, actually. I, yeah, I think so. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Um, but that's I, I, it occurred to me when that happened. I was like, oh, that's a good pairing of bands. Not that you guys sound like each other, because you don't. No. <laughs> but no. I was like, oh, that's a especially, good pairing Especially of us now, I right. think. We, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. But... Um, I I I I've loved their band for a long time and uh they I saw that they had a show like they had a, they had a tour coming our way and it's been a long time since they've been yeah. out on the east coast and they're not um, exactly road dogs these days I mean they have families they got obligations like it's, it makes sense Yeah and I asked it, it if we could play and it's like a pretty complicated story, but we got on the bill and then it was immediately like, we can't do it at this venue in Boston and in Cambridge. Um, it's a very long story, uh, but they need to move venues. And actually I kind of, uh, like the our, our band was also kind of suggesting like we should probably move it, um, and even though it was literally like three weeks before the show, it was pretty. It was kind of like oh, they're changing venues. Yeah, 
And I, I, um, I, honestly, I just assumed it was ticket sales because again, when a band is like, no, it 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 was more of a <laughs> actual like problematic problem with the the venue. Got it. And uh, um, it's 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 like way too long to explain. Like, it's fine. Everybody in Boston knows this problem, and uh, and um, I thought it was a problem that had been solved. A lot of people thought that, and it hasn't been. Got it. So okay. so we were like, we got to move on. So, but then it became up to me and Christina to figure it to, out. It, on like three weeks out. notice yeah and i haven't booked or run, run a show like i haven't been a showrunner booker whatever you want to call it in forever yeah uh so it it um we had to i i did all the coordinating with the 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 uh the the it was a, like a vfw hall basically and I had to do all the coordinating with with them. I had to find a door person. I had, and then Christina need Christina set up a ticket link, and and she handled finding. Uh, we had to find a PA, and everything. And it was <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought they were gonna like I you know, I never met them, and I'm thinking like, man, I hope I don't like like. What are these Sully dudes this be like? moment yeah, exactly. for them. <laughs> they're going to be all pissed. <laughs> and they were like so fucking nice. Yeah, they're sweethearts. And they were just like, yeah, this is going to be cool. Like, yeah. and uh, and their sound guy was also like. It's like Neurosis. They're staunch characters musically, yeah. but like the sweethearts as people. I mean, I, we've, we've played with all sorts of bands. And with sometimes with bigger bands, there's sometimes they're just very shy and disconnected sometimes they're complete assholes <laughs> and then every so often they're they are really just real yeah. people and they're really nice and they were great i you know obviously it was like it wasn't the best of of setups because it was a vfw hall but they were so like appreciative of it and it went it went over well and then the next day um christina went to go christina drove john and dylan back to new york and uh and she was going to go see her family that lives in new york in, in new york new jersey area and I was still in Boston and Ian who gave me his cell phone number because he was like, my band's going to play with you. Like he's like, they were, they really liked us like both as people and as musicians. And he was just like, my band's going to play with you on the West coast. I was like, Oh, oh okay. All right. And he just texted me. He's like, Hey, just so you know, like uh, I, I was serious about that. Like strange light will, play with you on the west coast i was like oh cool awesome and then it was like an hour later he's like also in case if you're like wondering like it, uh, not one not wondering in case if you're interested uh rid of me the band that was on tour with them yeah. their van broke down in connecticut and they will not be able to make it to the show tonight 
would Cal Marx want to open our show at St. Vitus? And I, it was four o'clock. Oh New York God. is. <laughs> yeah. Traffic York, notwithstanding is. Uh... <laughs> yeah. New York is three and a half hours away without traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And I contact everybody in the band. They're already in New York. Yeah. I was like, is this a possibility? And it like puzzle piece together. And I just started, I just hit the road. I had all the, I never unloaded the van. Ah, the one time that pays off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't unload. The, but Christina did blow her speakers in her cab. So she had to go get, find like a, a momentary, like backup cab and everything. Yeah. And, and yeah. And uh, me, like, they were like, you're supposed to be on at eight 30. I'm like, I'm going to get there at eight 30. And they're like, okay, you'll get there at eight thirty. You go on at nine o'clock, and it was great. It was awesome. It was, it. I I know this sounds ridiculous, but we've been a band for a long time. Uh, we've been able to open up for some bands, like some pr- pretty notable bands and whatnot, but we've never been asked outside of Boston. Yeah. And we've toured. We've toured the full U.S. plenty of times. We've toured Europe. But we'd never gone on like a supporting bill outside of Boston ever. Right. And so it was like so nice of them to do that. It was so kind. And it was also they were doing um, all the the whole entire container ships record. And so we were playing to a packed house in, in New York. And we played some good shows in New York, but not that. Past, I was gonna say probably ever. not like that though. Yeah, that's like, no. a, like a bunch of people are like this is probably the only time I'm going to get to see this mm-hmm. in this way, and I am not going to miss this for the world. Kind of packed. Yeah. And the audience also had no idea. Like they, uh, I mean, I think Calhoun announced it, but like obviously not everybody is going to be looking constantly at the updates. So people are going like, I don't think this. Who is this? <laughs> and, and but also some of the people came up to me after and were like, "Oh, I saw Cal Marx like five years ago." So you guys were like unrecognizable, and they're like, "And and you're bald now too." So <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, so I was just like, I had no idea. And then you played a song that I knew, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're back." Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what, so, do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> Merch tables yeah. this way? I don't know. What do you say? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, that's a great story. Yeah, it was awesome. It, they they were so nice, and I, I can't wait to to play with Strange Light. Strange I'm doing Light's three shows good, yeah. with with them on the West Coast, and uh, yeah, I can't I can't. Oh wait yeah, for and, that. and you're playing with uh, Justin's band. You're playing with If It Kills You too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So. The show's good. I've I've been on that show. That's it's. I like that. That's one of the. What's one of the shows I like? That isn't this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got a great radio voice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, he's got a great conceit to it, an excellent execution, and it's uh, it's an interesting show. I, I like songwriting. Yeah. practice. I know that there's a lot of good bands that have come out of San Diego, mm-hmm. but we've never had any luck with san diego ever so <laughs> it could be tough yeah ian ian threw it out there like hey do you think maybe 
you could move the LA show one day later and do San Diego and, and not do San Diego. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And, and then we'll fit in Bakersfield instead. <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea what Bakersfield is like. The home of corn. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I know that. That's, that's about all there. Well, it's not all there yeah. before, but yeah. But, um, uh, Modern times is what they're yeah. known for. But I was just like excited to be like, yeah. In all the years that we've done, we've done a couple West Coast tours, and we've never been able to have a date between the Bay. Yeah, and you're not LA. playing the Central Valley exactly, and, and I realize that uh, that's not uncommon. That's that's yeah. most bands' experience. But I'm I you know I don't talk about it tons. But I'm yeah. from the Central Valley. I'm from a town called Modesto, which uh, Granddaddy is from yeah, there. Yeah, I've heard of it. And yeah. uh, uh, Lacey and Scott Peterson, uh, Gary Condit. <laughs> so it's about three <laughs> hours north of, of Bakersfield. But other than those high-profile murderers or uh, alleged murderers and the band Granddaddy there's and me, there's not much else from Modesto. American Graffiti was uh, filmed. Oh, there. really? Yeah, George Lucas went oh. to the same high school I did. But... Like it's a Central Valley. It's 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 a great place to be from because if you're into the kind of things that we're into, it gives you plenty to rebel against. But here's why I'm yeah. telling this long involved story. In the Central Valley, especially uh, way back when, when a band came through on tour, it wasn't even just that it was like what band it was. It was oh, a band is coming through on tour. Amazing. Let's all go to this show. Oh, nice! And, yeah. and it was, and it was, it was a big, like, momentous event. Even if the bands weren't, frankly, quite that good, but like, especially when you're a kid, you're like, you don't care, right? Um, yeah. And the Central Valley is just so hit or miss. Like, it's it's things will run hot in certain cities for a little while, and then those people will like go, go off to school or like leave school to go whatever this and that. Um, but it's I'm always rooting for it. I'm always rooting for it. But it seems like yeah. Bakersfield's actually have enough people that have stuck around that are dedicated to like making it a cool place that it's kind of been terraformed a little bit. Oh, okay. So I think that's, I think that's good. And it's, it's interesting that, I mean, it's Steinbeck country, right? Like it's, it's like grapes of wrath. Like it's, it's yeah. a specific type of like American yeah. thing that is culturally, especially if it's culture you find oppressive, shares more in common with like Kansas than it does with like San Francisco, but it's yeah. not the same. There is a very unique thing to it and it's not altogether terrible. It's hard for me to view it objectively because mm. that's what I was born from, uh, sprung forth fully formed from, from the head of Zeus. But mm. that's awesome because yeah. Bakersfield, it, it, it can be really good. So, so strange light and Cal Marx. Yeah. I'm really excited. Also, uh, I believe the one of the guitar players in Strange Light is from our neck of the woods. Uh, is from New Hampshire, where, where I'm. I'm from New Hampshire, actually. And actually, you mentioned Kansas. I was born in Kansas. Oh dude. no, kidding. Okay. Nice. So whenever I'm like, I, 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 like, like you said, like I want to root for it. <laughs> You want you want them to be doing well. You're just you're ready for it to happen. And we played in Wichita, yeah, for the first time ever, where I was born. How was that? And uh, it was 
Yeah, it was a, yeah. wasn't particularly rem- remarkable. I don't know if we'll be coming back anytime soon, but um, but the people were nice, so you know. When you're playing, um, you're playing my hometown of 22 years, Oakland, California, too, with uh, Rip Room, if I remember correctly, who are fantastic. Yeah. I love Rip Room, so that's going to be a good show. Yeah, they're doing a couple shows with us out here too. I, think, I think they're this the bee's knees. They're wonderful. Sweet. I've never met them in person, so I, I'm, I'll only just talk to them online and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and I, I'm excited for that. Um, there's a fuck ton of bands that we're playing with on this tour that I'm really excited about. Um, more than any previous tour, I think. Yeah. Well, and it is kind of nice that when bands that are doing it, you know, like it's sort of like it, Here's my take on I think it just means a little more for folks now that it was kind of yeah. taken, taken away from us. <laughs> yeah. Ignobly taken away from us. And there's something to be said for that. And there's something to be said for the fact that, like, I get it when people are, are just, hey, I don't feel comfortable going out to shows yet. Okay, cool. You know, ain't no problem. But, like, for the people that do it, it, it seems to yeah. hit deeper, if that makes sense. That's that's my experience. Yeah. But. Yeah, and also it makes the other like if you get to play with other interesting bands, it kind of makes you play better too. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Yes, like it makes you push harder. It makes you, uh, and not like even it's like a competitive thing. It's just you're. It's a. No, I'm not competitive at all. I. It's. I would. I would not survive in the Mad Max world. <laughs> but but it just makes you want to be your best. You know, like in, yeah. in a specific way, and and there's something really cool about that. It's just it's, it's just like good vibes going out there, and sometimes it's intimidating, but like usually it's just like, you know, we, we definitely done towards where night after night we were playing with a band that literally has just formed and maybe even just learn how to play their instruments. Oh, wow. Which is like, which is like, I, I want to encourage them to do that. But at the same time, seeing that night in and night out is, is draining. It's, it's, uh, so when you do get to play like every night with something that's actually interesting, um, there's something to be said for that. I I can't. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it makes it such a less miserable experience. Um, traveling, I, I, I love traveling, so, um, but that can only go so far. <laughs> yeah, you love it until you don't, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're showing up to a place and you're like, wow, this is a, this is a cool space, and then the opening band is, is actually like even, even decently good, you're like, fuck yeah, let's do this, you know? Like, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier, you know? Can we do the thing? So, so first of all, at the at the, at the time of this recording, because it's, it's most people experience this show as a podcast and uh, listen to it at, as, as their leisure, at their leisure, 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 sure, whatever. Uh, the record, I think there's two songs publicly available, and yeah. it's it's being released shortly. There's a bunch of tour dates. I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes, all that stuff. But I started doing this thing. I only ever did it for the pandemic. 
but just go through song by song. Yeah, oh, cool. each of the, of the, and you can tell me a little bit about it, either you know, how it came together, the recording process, uh, anything like lyrically that stands out, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So would you be down for doing that? Yeah, totally. That's awesome. I start I started doing with all the new records and it's 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 been pretty cool. So uh, let's let's see if this continues on. So <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my name is Hell, first song, My Life is a Freak Show. Yeah. Uh that one was the last song written for the record. Um it it was written on bass. And it was, um, I was just screwing around with pedals and stuff and putting the bass through distortion and then oct- like octave pedal and then a tremolo. And it made that sound, the da 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 sound. And, um, and that was, that, that's literally just how it started. And then we just kind of jammed on it and then... It was it was written actually pretty damn fast, and then lyrically, um, actually, the, what really like kind of tied it together was Dylan's drum drum part. Strong drum part. Yeah, the, at the intro drum part, he's like playing with shit all over his drums. So like it like there's the his toms are muted with like plastic. He has a symbol on a snare, and then he has just trash on top of one of his <laughs> actual symbols. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so, and then when it goes just to kick drum, yeah, that's when he's taking all that stuff off the drum set. Oh, okay. So then it. Okay. So then it, yeah. it's a normal drum it's a set. Drum, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. And uh, but lyrically, that song is just uh. I don't know if this is going to sound vague, but, um, well, initially the inspiration was from another, and I know you probably hear everybody talks to you about this, from another Conan. <laughs> uh, another famous Conan podcast. Uh, there, there, there's, there's no possibility that another one could exist, sir. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am the only Conan of note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's taller than me. I'm a better guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had Andy Richter on, and Andy Richter, uh, like, had been discussing this uh, just this funny concept of he said we're just all ooze we're just all bags of ooze the fact that like any of us that like would feel superior than anybody else is like is obscene yeah like he's like even the queen of england every so often gets a little shit on her hands when she wipes (laughs) and I, i thought that was so fucking funny it is, and yeah. and um and so I just kind of started writing from there, and just writing about just how humanity is just humanity's just we're just gross, we're so gross. You're not wrong. <laughs> and but there are people that really do feel superior, and those people, I mean, obviously those people, just kind of suck. 
and or just need some guidance yeah. and uh and uh yeah that's that's what that song's about like yeah we're just gross little freaks if anybody thinks that they're better you're you're delusional you're really delusional <laughs> come off it son <laughs> yeah uh well speaking of shit shit town is the second song yeah shit town's just kind of like about being from middle of nowhere you know like yeah um it where i grew up it feels like every so often i grew up at hour from uh, north of boston in in new hampshire where it literally felt like there was nothing going on ever and uh, it's beautiful up there it really is beautiful up there i mean i definitely love being in the woods and shit and just especially when you're a kid and you have a lot of imagination and whatnot but um and also i i kind of lived my life with blindness throughout my youth so anything that was like really i don't know i was just so into music and into movies and cartoons and and books and shit so i didn't always notice like everything i when I was younger, in a way, New Hampshire almost felt idyllic to me. Sure. But then, as I was getting older, I started realizing, like, I'm bored out of my fucking mind. And, um... The idyllic will only take you so far. Yeah. And then you start to realize, like, how close-minded the mentality of, of this place can be. Yeah. And, like... And then, since leaving... And, like, you know, I've gone all over the place and whatnot. I I feel like I constantly am hearing about, like, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so? Yeah, they're dead. Yeah. Heroin. Or uh, 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 that person, they went on a fucking, like, they got an assault rifle and just, like, shot up Ooh. their home and then shot themselves. And so, like, it's just... Like, I want, like, as you were saying, I want to champion this place where I came from because, yeah. like, I do have some good memories, but there's also this, like, tragedy to it all. And, um, I like, and also I just feel like there's, like, this feeling of, like, it's really sad when you, you hear the, the voice of middle America is basically saying, like, Nobody gives a fuck about me. And that, yeah. that, that's really, I don't know, that's just really sad. It is. And like, and like, and then they say some racist shit and you're like, well, this is why. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, no. This uh, is why everybody hates you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, but it's, it's true. Like there are just, there are good, but like misguided people yeah. that, that, that have lived like, I mean, man. Boston is a small city, and we're we're actually moving out of Boston. We're moving to Providence, Rhode Island, which oh, cool. is even smaller. Yeah, I was going to say, was it too big for you? <laughs> no, no, no. Boston, we're leaving Boston because Boston fucking sucks. Yeah. No, uh, Boston is just no. I, I actually, honestly, people from Boston would understand why I'm saying. That. Right. 
<laughs> even yeah, people that love Boston, are too, but it's like, well, it's but probably, probably the, the kind of way. thing where you can only say it when you have lived in Boston, right? Like it's gonna yeah, be, you yeah. can't say it, but you can say it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's probably the same way you, you probably think about the Bay. Oh, uh, it's yes, it's like, getting no, no one gets to talk trash about the Bay but me because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. The like other people that like lived it, but it's like no, no, you you don't have that correct. Like let me explain yeah. to you why that's wrong. It's getting just. <laughs> the same story i mean unreasonable it's and like how i've been hearing about especially at san francisco it's like there's no end in sight for how much rent will get hiked up it's and and the cost of living is just is insane and boston is going in that trajectory but it's also it's not just the cost of like actually having a place it's also the cost of running a business yeah just just doing anything <laughs> just yeah. existing the, the cost and people are like well it's isn't it so great we have another craft brewery place here and it's like yeah i don't i don't need it like i would like a smaller business it's like this is a big yeah. craft brewing place like like i you know anywho so we're moving to uh providence and um I don't even remember what. Uh, yeah, some people from my hometown, when I talk to them about Providence or Boston, they're like, "Oh man, that's crazy, crazy city, right?" <laughs> no, it's it's no. Like, where would I even park? I'm like, there's tons of parking. Yeah, like, like yeah. in a parking it's spot, a, maybe. It, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, "Well, what if I get mugged?" You're like, "You're not gonna get mugged." All, most crime is on the internet now, so don't worry about it. <laughs> like everything else that's on the internet these days, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Everybody Hurts, H-E-R-T-Z. This is, uh, this is one of my favorites on this record, so. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that song, that went through many iterations, and originally like i thought it was like i was trying to do you know the song moonlight mile by rolling stones yes i do i was trying to do something like that and i was like they they can do that like <laughs> I, I i can't do that that's it's like it's a beaut like they that is beautiful but when it when i'm doing it, it sounds like so corny and then it became kind of almost like we we're almost trying to do something Devo-ish. And then we were just like, we can't do that either. And then it became, in the end, I guess it's, to me, it's almost like Krautrock Thin Lizzy or something. I okay, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got the harmony guitars, you got the sort of expansive yeah. Krautrocky scope. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's what we were trying to do. And there was a lot of just like Krautrock and electronic influences on this record. I mean, the first song, Freak Show, definitely has, like, a Silver Apples, like, kind of influence, mm-hmm. I sure. find. And so, um, so it just, like, it. That's the, the whole song got, like, shortened up so much, and uh, the rhythm completely changed, and, um, 
the lyrics got written like the night before like the recording because i could not figure it out oh wow and it but that happens a lot to me where it literally it's just like game time and you just have to go and just write something and and more often than not though it's like that pressure actually makes me able to write something that i actually like and um i think it's that song's just kind of about there's so much bad news, like, cycling through all the time, that it almost is, like, you feel like all this bad news is just happening to you, mm-hmm. and you just feel like the world hates me and whatnot, and then you actually, like, if you actually think about it for a second, it's like, everybody's fucked. You're not the only You're not the only one. Right. Yeah. New Neighbor. New Neighbor is kind of about Boston. It's kind of about, like, it's crazy around here how much, how many condos are being built. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think, like, people, like, ine- it's inevitable that there is going to be bits of gentrification here and there and what whatnot. But, like, where we live in Boston, it was really, like, when I moved here, it was Punk City. Like, the, the neighborhood that I, I lived in. And now I'm like, there's no fucking freaks anymore. What, where, when, when was that, if you don't mind me asking? When, when, what year was that? I moved to Boston in 2007, I think. Yeah. But then I moved to the Alston Brighton neighborhood in 2008. I believe I, I, I believe, and that is the the, the like the, the real like punk yeah mecca. There's a and, rich history there. <laughs> yes, very 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 rich history. Many many bands, many venues, uh, DIY or or actual actual establishments, and. Um, I just feel like young people probably don't want to really live here anymore. Like there's nothing in it for them. And that's the only thing that's going to keep your music community vibrant. And, uh, I just see, like, I feel like I just see like jocks and like, (laughs) um, and, and if I see hipsters, it's like, it's like really wealthy, like 40 year old hipsters that, um, you know, don't care about, you know, the wipers or something, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. You, know, you know, you know, like that don't care about it's anything not, small. It's not an know? interest to them. Yeah. And it's just, it's really been like, it's, it's, it's becoming just really dull because of it. Yeah. And, um, every so often somebody's like, well, it's pretty nice that we have this new taco place and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, it's not that good. Yeah, is it? It's, it's really not that good. <laughs> like there, there was better tacos before when it, you know, yeah. it, when it wasn't made by some rich white guy. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it just feels like there's no end to it. And um, 
Yeah. Musically, that song, though, is a... That kind of is another, like, kind of, like, laid-back... That song's a little bit more laid-back than the other songs, and then it kind of amplifies at the end. Yeah, it gets there. But um, that that song's a very lush-sounding song because um, I think one big part of um, the Calmark sound is is a pedal called the freeze pedal. Oh yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. I've been using it since like 2014 or something like that. And all I do, it's simple. It's just, I hit a chord simultaneously while holding the pedal and you know, it freezes sound. Yeah. So it kind of, it just almost like, and then if I run it through, I'll run it through like a reverb, like a modulated reverb pedal. And then it almost sounds almost like synthetic or almost sounds like an organ or something like that. And that's what all that rich, lush sound is, is, is all that um, freezing. It's just playing chords and freezing them. And they just sustain forever, forever until I let go of the pedal. And uh, Christina has like a like a like a freeze pedal that's like on steroids. Like it's um, it has like just a lot more options. And like so, her one has like she she can program like vibrato or whatever oh, cool. to it. Awesome. Where mine is just mine mine is just meat and potatoes. But um, and that's yeah, it just builds that really lush lush sound, and then. On top of that, I added a lot of Mellotron. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just layers of guitar and layers of Mellotron. And then uh, the bass line is also like key in that song too, I think. Debt. Debt is very different than what it started out as. It started out... Um, this isn't usually usually a thing for me every so often i write a song lyrics first mm. just all lyrics and then i just try to imagine what the music would be behind it and it kind of started out as um like a folk almost like a folk song just like really repetitive like how folk songs can be and then um but then we were like, what if we make it like swans? Mm. And we were just like, it doesn't just be like, because it's repetitive. Yeah. And then, um, and then Christina and Dylan kind of were like, but what if it almost had a disco vibe? And it, it just ended up becoming something completely just ridiculous. Um, um, it's it's the most ridiculous song on the record, <laughs> um, and it's absolutely about what the title is about. It's just that right. you know, that is is one of the most oppressive things going on in this world that we live in. Um, it's very easy to fall into debt, and uh, it feels like you can't escape it, and. And um, 
Feels like the economy is based on it sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't even really fully understand economics. When people are like, the Dow is yeah. up, I'm like, <laughs> I have literally no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but I do understand big man, small man ideas. Yeah. 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 Uh, so after that, you've got title track. My name is Hell. Um, my name is Hell. Is um, kind of just about. There was a kind of a pretty tragic loss that I had of just an old friend in my life that was unfortunately a single mother and. Um, and then, but then there was also a like, litany of people dying, and I, because of drugs and shit, and um, or and uh, it just, I noticed that in the um, obituaries that, like they always instead of just saying what they died of, it would just say they struggled with their demons, and. I, I just thought that was very peculiar, and um, and I just kind of started realizing that we all kind of have um, just bad sides of ourselves that work against our best interests, you know. And it's our duty to kind of just keep that at bay, you know, um, if we want to be good to each other and want to stay in the world and whatnot. And, um, and, and so that's, it's just about that in, in general, I think. But it also was at the same time that I went to a karaoke night and somebody was doing maybe one of the most annoying songs I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I don't know if you remember this song, I, I don't think I I don't know if I had ever heard it before, but the band is called the the Ting Tings or <laughs> Ting Tangs. I am familiar, unfortunately. Yes, it's, it's, under it's duress. like <laughs> yes. It's... My name is My name is me. and I was like, wow, this is maybe maybe it was the karaoke. No, it's that terrible. Made... That's a terrible. It's, song. it's a it's a yeah, really it's not good. <laughs> it's not to and... my taste. And I was just, because of, like, I don't know, like, my ADD, sometimes I'm really scattered-brained, and then sometimes I'm hyper-focused on just looking at something. And I was, in this moment, I was just, just, uh, it's just how my brain works. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fully understand it, but I, I couldn't stop looking at the, uh, the, you know, the monitor with the lyrics. And I was just like, ah, these lyrics are fucking awful. But then the, the one lyric was, they call, me, they call me hell. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. That's like, that sounds so good. It has no right. To be in a shitty song. To be in this <laughs> shitty song. 
<laughs> yeah, man. So I so it went. They call me hell. To my name is hell, and uh, and uh, first thing I thought of when I saw that title was Harvey Milk. By the way, like Which like song? not that it sounds no not that it sounds like Harvey Milk. It's a Harvey Milk style title like in the way that it's like, oh, oh it's, it's a little sure. Cormac mccarthy short story in a title you know oh for sure yeah we we had we definitely have a lot of that in our past um from them yeah not yeah. that it sounds like a harvey milk ripoff i'm just saying that like the, like the from that grand tradition of just like the evocative title it's like oh wow what's that about you know? yeah <laughs> it's 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 the most like peppy song we have ever and uh but it's also like the most dark song and i kind of like those kind of juxtapositions did you have the album title first or the song title first song song title first yeah um god i think it it the the album was called my name is hell because all the other album titles were dog shit (laughs) That's a good reason. <laughs> they, yeah, I, I, in, in fact, not everybody was like, like there. Every, not that every nobody was like, nobody was like, fuck no, that it can't be called that. But it wasn't actually at, at first. Like everybody was like, uh, no, everyone wasn't on board immediately. They were like, that's good, but maybe I don't know. You know, yeah. like maybe we could find something else. And it was literally like we can't find anything else. It's a great song title. Yeah. And then also, I realized in the context of our, the whole entire discography, I, I never realized all of our all of our full length records have are named after the, the song. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Life yeah. is murder. Then the second record is called Life is All Right. Everybody dies. Which the first song on the A side is "Life Is All Right," the first song on the B side <laughs> is "Everybody, Everybody Dies,", Dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then "Universal Care." There's a there's a song on that called "Universal Care," and so it's just like, all right, we'll just keep with this tradition, I guess. I don't know if that's gonna keep on going on. I I, I it's not been my plan at all. It's just that's a good song title. Okay, it's gonna be the album title too. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Ovation is next. Ovation started out as just like jamming, and it was um, just kind of how like uh, Freak Show was bass going through tremolo mm-hmm. to set the pace of the song. It was bass through a, a delay, and just playing those two notes so it goes dun, and then that like release. Mm-hmm. makes that fluttering repeat and uh so it's just that and just sticking around i recorded it in the practice phase and then i just wrote like extra parts to it and made a song from from that and then um and then we redemoed it with christina playing drums because mm. um sometimes we have to do that um, because we live far, we live three hours. Yeah, apart. you're not close. To, you're, you're not everyone's in the same house yeah. or city or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
So we demoed it in the practice space, me on bass, Christina on drums. And then I added one guitar to the demo and sent it over. And, and then Dylan worked on it from there and kind of totally put his own touches on it. And then, um, and then Christina added her guitar after that. Um, and, but lyrically that's, um, I grew, I grew up re religious. Uh, I grew, grew up in a, um, but kind of with a, like a, a Catholic background, but like kind of a weird Catholic background where, um, my, I don't think my family was Catholic before they came to America. Hmm. And, um, and my dad is not Catholic at all. My dad, but we, me and my mom and my parents are still together and everything. But that was like, almost like this unspoken rule. It's like, you guys go to church. I'm not going. My dad just did not go. But we would go all the time, and I was a good, God-fearing child up until 14 when I just suddenly was like, nah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> but I, you know, I was, I was a good boy. <laughs> I was a very good boy. I prayed all the time. I, I, I learned, I learned to be good to people through it, but then uh, a bunch of fucked up shit happened in the Catholic church and we just stopped going. Yeah. My mom didn't make any of us go and she didn't go anymore. And so religion though has left a bit of a, like a, like a scar on me. Like yeah. I don't believe anymore, but sometimes I like had that feeling like somebody's looking over my shoulder and and whatnot and um so i still have this like kind of interest in religion even though i'm i i also fucking hate it at the same time um <laughs> well interest uh, doesn't equal affinity you know? yeah it's it yeah yeah so i was just uh really like especially in the early pandemic watching a ton of tv watching a ton of youtube videos you know just being like or how much, how many more Don Rickles clips can I watch? <laughs> um, Answer a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started watching like televangelist stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. And just being like, this is freaky fucking shit. And, uh, and then I just kind of started writing from like, kind of uh, like that perspective and how it's, it's not that different than, um, like fucking dictate, like fame, all the famous dictators, the way that they talk, which, um, uh, it was funny. I was, I was visiting my parents and my parents had some old friends over and my dad's a history buff. Um, and they were like, this guy was saying like, isn't it amazing that anybody like um, followed Hitler? He was just like insane, just yelling and stuff like that. Uh, and and my dad was like, "Well, the truth is that you're only seeing that snippet. 
right. you're not seeing the full performance. I like it was a methodical thing that he did. Yeah. Where he started out quiet and then he gathered built in and, intensity. Yeah. And he played on everybody's fears. And he suckered everybody into believing his shit and, and, and going along with him. And, you know, it's it, it's like it honestly televangelism and, and this and that kind of speech is like it's a, just an amazing tr- trick, I guess. It's disgusting, but it's it's <laughs> disgusting, it's, but amazing. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a, but it's impressive. You you go. Yeah, you know, all your problems, it's that guy, and I, if you listen to me, you, all your problems will be solved, and they sucker one person, and then it just kind of ripples and builds and builds, and, um, yeah, and I just kind of was marveling at the comparison, and it was particularly... The one video that really blew me away is on Oprah from like the eighties, with this kid. It's it's like uh, his father, who's a, te- uh, a televangelist, and his son. He's getting his son, who's like eight or ten, and he's getting his son into it, and and his son is like just very timid and like shaking and 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 whatnot, and. And they're like, and all the audience is like, how dare you, t- like, force your child into doing th- this? And he's like, got the southern drawings, like, hey, man, he, he wants to do this, you know? Like, this is, like, Banyan, go show him what you can do. And this, like, very shy kid goes from shaking to going, heathens, repent! And right, right. it's like, it's <laughs> fucking wow. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane it's so nuts and it's like just this yammering and it's wild as fuck and if you at the end of the song you can hear it buried in the song and when we hit the last bomb 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 on that song you can hear oprah go do you know what that means yeah 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 and i don't think he does just like how I didn't understand piano. <laughs> like, right. Like, yeah. So I hope we, do, I don't think we get sued for that, but, um, hopefully not. It's fair use. I would say, I don't think Oprah's going to find out. She's yeah. got enough money. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Oprah, Oprah, big protonic fan, actually. As it turns out. <laughs> yeah. You heard it. Uh, the future. That's, not my favorite song on the record. It's, uh, if it really, that song is the one song that really feels like it fits in with old Calmarks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. And it's not that it's like a, a bad song. It's just, I don't really feel like it fits with what we do now. And, um, and, uh, It's 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 a kind of just vaguely about how everything is so daunting and grim looking, and that's really that's really it. 
evergreen topic these days. Yeah. Who waits? That one's also about religion, uh, specifically more about my actual religious experience. Just, uh, I just kind of find it, it's so bizarre how much of the Kool-Aid I drank. And yet I was listening to pedophiles, you know. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah. And, um, and it's just like, I, I, I feel like I have this like little, there's already a lot of guilt in Catholicism, but like there's this guilt that I have from, I have guilt for buying up Catholicism as a young boy. And, um, I know I'm, I was, I was young. I, I shouldn't be so hard on myself, but every so often, I think about it a lot. Like, I'm just like, oh, God, like I was listening I was hanging on to every word spoken through a pedophile's voice. You know. Woof. Yeah. And that song was, uh, that's another song where musically written on bass first. Um, and uh, it's, a, it, it's a creeper, like kind of like slow building song and um it definitely has that kind of kraut rocky kind of influence mm -hmm. uh particularly though like i feel like have you ever listened to the the third record by portishead oh yeah i love that record it's like wild underrated yeah uh it's maybe one of the most important records in my life it's it's and the fact that like so many people that claim to love that band are like what they have a third record it's like yeah it's great <laughs> It's wow, amazing. It's really good. And like people have told me like, uh, I, I've heard people say, I don't know. It kind of just sounds like a Radiohead record. I'm like, it's better than any Radiohead record. No, it's it does not. Yeah. way better than any Radiohead record. Yeah. First it's, of all, how dare you? Secondly, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's such a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, and if, if I ever get anyone of that band on, I'm probably going to piss everyone off by talking about that record for like two thirds of the, of the interview. Because well, I love well, it. <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff Barrow, his other band Beak. is also yeah, really Beak's, fucking amazing. I, Beak, like, I like Beak quite a bit as well, but Beak is really great. Yep. Um, I'm a fan. And yeah, it was just it, that song. I feel like that song. And I feel like, I feel like, um, new neighbor, and I feel like um, uh, Freak Show also kind of were influenced by that record. I can hear it. No, not, now that you mention it, I can totally hear it. But yeah, again, I feel like for a band that's that big, like most mo most people don't actually know that record, which is uh, like crazy. I, I I love their first two records too, so but like, the likewise, third, yeah, the third record is it. It really is distinct as like yeah. really like it stands out I agree. and and i also am a guy that kind of gravitate gravitates towards the underdog like you know like i i i will grab i'll be like you know people like ev everybody knows who hall notes is but i'll be like but have you heard sacred songs by <laughs> daryl hall <laughs> You're, the, you're pulling one the, out from the vault. Sure, exactly. I get it. Yeah. The, the Robert Fripp produced record, yeah, yeah. that record is so underrated. Or, you know, 
yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Mr. Dictionary, a satire. Yeah, I I I had to put a satire in there just in case because I feel like everybody is so literal right now. Yeah, man. That I think they would think that I actually am I'm like it's from the perspective of a grumpy old man mm-hmm. who says those were the days when you but when you actually listen to the guy you're like sounds miserable yeah, that sounds awful <laughs> you know when the when the old man says we back in my day uh we had to go up the hill you know whatever you know like it was uphill both ways whatever you're like that sounds awful and but they're talking about it like they're glorifying it. right it's like like it's something cool totally no it, and it, it's like and I, I started realizing like oh there must be so much pain in that kind of person and I'm not glorifying that person. I'm just trying to understand that kind of person. Right. And uh, but the actual title comes from a Saturday Night Live sketch uh, from the mid '90s with Chris. It's Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Tim Meadows. And, and well, Norm Macdonald is is like a focal point in this. All right. And it it's called the polar bear cage sketch, and they're all at a polar bear cage, and they're all been drinking, and they're all going like, I bet I could jump in that polar bear cage, and I could uh, like you know I could um uh, tease the polar bear cage tease the polar bear. And get out scot free, and the first guy jumps in, and Norm Macdonald goes, "Hey, I don't think you should do that." And they're like, "Ah, fuck off!" And, and they jump in, and they get decimated, and blood spills everywhere. And then, and then another one does it, and Norm goes, "I don't think you should do that. Don't go." Did you, did you just see the last guy? He got killed. Yeah, and. uh and then it gets to Tim Meadows, and Tim Meadows calls him Mr. Dictionary. <laughs> and and I just thought it was so funny, just the Mr. Dictionary. And I thought it was like – and also people always talk about how great Saturday Night Live used to be and whatnot. People always talk about that. It was so much better. And it's like, actually, if you watched Saturday Night Live, there was some good sketch, sketches, but there was also, there's always been horrible sketches. It's like the Twilight Zone. People only remember the amazing episodes of the Twilight Zone, but they did yeah. big swings that also had big misses as well. And yeah. Have you ever watched like there a, was... like a, like a, a um, like a bunch of them in a row? Like, oh yeah, this one sucks. <laughs> But yeah. then, there'll, then there'll be something that's like, oh my god, this is like a timeless story and like classic, story, yeah, you know, incredible stuff. But then it's like, oh yeah, this one blows. <laughs> yeah, good, didn't do or, it, didn't get there. Or X Files, or yeah, sure, or 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 just the music of the '60s. For some reason, people have this delusion that the '60s there's is oh god, like Don't get the me '60s were unparalleled. 
unparalleled as far as music. And it's like, yes, it's true. There was the Velvet Underground. There was Jimi Hendrix. There was Motown. But there was also a bunch of fucking awful music that was, like, yeah. written by pedophiles. <laughs> you know, like, so um, it, it, it kind of, I realized that those two things could connect uh, the, from this Saturday Night Live sketch to this character that talks about how good the old days were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and musically that song is just a very, it's a, like the most brutal hammering kind of song. Yeah. And, um, but it also has suddenly there's just this sudden burst of, uh, strings mm-hmm. in it. And I really like that juxtaposition in that song there's just this randomly this big choir and uh and strings in it and i um i don't know i kind of i i want to go more into that realm with like super heavy and then randomly just something out of nowhere kind of comes into it yeah, maybe you sh- maybe you should and or shouldn't listen to the paper chase because that was kind of the thing that they did. But that was a long. Oh time. yeah. Oh, okay. And All I'm right. sure it'd be uh, different definitely... if you did it. But like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it was notable. Let's put it that way. Um, but I like that you have a satire in there to, to just explicitly remind, which apparently you need to do. Yes. This is this this is this is. Not I mean, the truth is, first, most first people person. understand. Yeah, Most but, people. but then people, there's also people that want to interpret things in bad faith and, and are just looking for a thing to beat you up with, too. And, you know, yeah. when you travel at a I'm, certain level, you don't get that as much, but sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I do have friends that are like that, that are, like, outrage is addictive and bad bad news is addictive. And I have friend. I have so many friends that just, I, I, I'm at this point like I just don't even listen to the news anymore. I feel like well, I think because lo- yeah, there's no point. Why would like, I mean, it feels like- it's? I think a lot of people have treated uh, any chance for larger scale justice or you know movement of the needle towards pure catharsis. Yeah, and and they've started treating it as if catharsis was the goal, and I think that that's uh, pretty yeah. sad. I mean, we all need to vent, sure. But in the end, if just donate some money, right? Exactly. Donate money if you can, and just be a nice person. That's the only thing yeah. you have control over, because the truth is, being addicted to like outrage and bad news. It's just only gonna make you a fucking crummy person to be around, because like, Agreed. It, it, yeah. So I put it there just in case if anybody were to like try to look for the worst in me. <laughs> of course, yeah. just in case if somebody was like, you know what? I always thought he was a bigot or whatever. <laughs> right, just exactly. Just- Check this out. Because clearly it's impossible to do allegory. Everything has to be written from a pers- first-person perspective. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and I understand there are comedians that are, have bad taste. Sure. But there is a thing called satire, and I grew up on Mike Judge exactly. and, and Mel, you know, Mel Brooks and just 
like, like I, I worry that somebody would be like springtime for Hitler. Oh God. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like how could he? And it's like, you yeah, don't get it then, get it. you know? Well, and it's, this is a much larger conversation of not summing up a song, but like, I think that there's a, there's a mean point of somebody being famous enough to be, have people want to target them, but then also not being famous enough to be able to adequately defend themselves in what is ostensibly anarchy, right? Mm. Everybody, everybody having a voice means that everybody has a voice and that isn't, I would, I would actually pause it and say that's probably a bad thing for humanity, uh, at least from a mental health perspective, and certainly a bad thing for anyone attempting to get like nuance out of the world. Mm. Yeah, because nuance doesn't sell. Click yeah, sell. I just kind of made this realization though that, like, I'm nobody knows who the fuck I am. So well, they exactly, probably won't, but exactly, they probably won't come gun, gunning for me. Oprah isn't but, coming you for that. Like the, yeah. the, the 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 people the. I, I dare not say you know their name, but like the you know the the, the people on the, on Twitter who like to go come for people, they're not going to come for you. But like, yeah. there is that mean point of like, well, hopefully, if ever that was the case, you would have enough of a platform to be able to adequately, yeah. You know, I just yourself. yeah, I don't know. I put it there as a precaution, and I but on the other side of the coin, I understand that it's a very sensitive. It sucks. Time. It sucks because it's it's. I, <laughs> I, I also understand that people are sensitive right now because exactly like literally like rights there are there are rights being stripped from me right now like what's happening this tuesday you know what right is being stripped now okay yeah you know, what fresh hell is this exactly i mean it's yeah that's very and being, real being a young person right now Ugh. especially a young person that feels any bit marginalized yeah it's a hellscape like it it it, it it doesn't look great. No. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't look great for, for the older folks either, but it really, it's got to be especially hit you hard when you're like, this is the world we get? Thanks to fucking pants load, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I would, I, I, I think I, like, I would be on edge all the time thinking, like, it's, it's, I don't know. Is this person going to fucking shoot me? Yeah. You know? That's real. Yeah. Is this person like a QAnon yeah, psycho? Know. Yeah. You know, it's like, <sighs> yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. Last song of the record, Bored Again. Uh, this is the oldest song by far on, on this record, but it's completely rewritten. Um, it's it dates back all the way to 2010 and it was called born again and the <laughs> the whole theme was different it was uh, it was kind of about um how you know there's there's different cliques in in, in music and art culture and whatnot and sometimes somebody hops from one to the other mm-hmm. and whatnot I oddly have never felt like I, I belong to a specific one. I, I like all music. And I know a lot of people say that, and they're, 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 they actually don't. I, I, I like, it's like throw on some mirrors, but let's see like, if, that, if like, that holds true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know what you mean when you say uh, that. I'm not, I'm not like 
I'm Mr. Noise Rock. I only like noise rock. Yeah, noise rock. I <laughs> love hip hop. I love country music. I love jazz. I love it. I, I really do love everything. But I would notice that, like, you know, uh, this guy that was, like, in the indie rock world suddenly became, like, a crust punk. And, and they can't even make eye contact with you anymore. Yeah, it's really wild. weird. That's wild. How that happens. Because some people... I don't know. I don't know why it happens exactly. Like, maybe... They never felt like they belonged to the indie rock world or whatever, which is fine. Um, but it's it's kind of weird when you're just like you just like kind of write off anybody that was in that community or whatever. Like you don't even you can't even say hi. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. But that is a song that would be written in my early twenties. I'm, right. I'm I'm 34 now. That doesn't happen so much anymore because we're too old and we don't care about being cool. <laughs> and that feeling only intensifies. Let me assure you. <laughs> yeah, but it's do not. But... I do do not give a flying fuck about what's cool. Yeah, no. It's I I I rather just, in its way. <laughs> I I just rather talk to fucking real people, and uh, instead of. You know, and, and that's the thing with music. There's always going to be these like kind of weird, t- like tastemakery kind of people. Um, there, there is always going to be that, and I constantly lose patience mm-hmm. for that. And I think honestly, even those people get aged out of it, and they go, you know, what? I don't want to be a gatekeeper anymore. You know. Um, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so exhausting. It's like, yeah, like I've had some friends that are like, you know, they were like a crust punk, and then they're like, you know what? I'm doing this now. Yeah, I like Janet Jackson. Like, you know, like right, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, totally, yeah. There's no shame. Yeah, I, I've lived in a world in a music mindset where there is no shame. Um, and, um, but that being said, that song doesn't really feel that relevant to me, but I like this construct of this song. I like the chord progression and everything. So years later, change it to board again, Yeah. drop it a full, a full step down because my voice has lowered too. And, uh. And change it to just being about what everybody is going through right now. Which I noticed that when I was like working like two jobs, I was never bored. Yeah. My life sucked. <laughs> right, but you're never bored. <laughs> but but I was never bored. Yeah. And I think if there was one message to the song is that the next time you're feeling bored, um realize that there might be actually some kind of privilege in there you actually have the privilege to be bored because um boredom really i I feel like i i I might be totally wrong about this i might be wrong about everything (laughs) but it's always a factor i guess yeah yeah (laughs) 
But um, I think the thing is, boredom is usually, I, I at least when I experience it, is when I don't have to do anything. I want to do something, but I don't have, I, I, I just don't know what it is that I want to do. I And I'm, uh, like, maybe I'm a little depressed or something like that. And I just, I, I, but, like, I actually don't have to be anywhere. Like, I don't have anything, uh, I don't have any priorities at mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. And I'm just sitting on a couch going, I'm fucking bored. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you know, that's actually pretty nice. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty lucky thing. There's worse to things experience. to be experiencing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's the record. My name is Hell. Uh, CalMarksBandCamp.com, ExplodingInSoundRecords.BandCamp.com, August fifth, right? So the time of yeah. this recording. That's next week. Is that next week? I think it's next week. Uh, two week two after weeks. that. All right, whatever. Yeah. By the time it, by the time people that don't pay money to hear this hear it, it'll be it'll be fresh. On yeah, the yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Patreon.com/slash/PersonaCommercial. Um, Carl, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me, and sorry if I, you know, going over time or whatever, I, I can gab. I'm sorry. You've heard this show, right? <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, it's, it's, yes. It's kind of what we do here. Okay, that's, uh, I, I, I'm so self-conscious that I always you give, Don't think, worry about it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, thank, last thank thing, can question, the only can question I ever ask. Choose to interpret however you like, but why do you do what you do? I'm just so goddamn good at it. No, uh, no, uh, uh, no. Um, yeah. So I have listened to your podcast, and that is a really hard question. I actually like. It's not easy. No, no. I mean, it is and it isn't. It's like the Octum's Razor or whatever you, mm-hmm. they call it. Um, it's it's such a simple thing. But it's it, it can, I think I listened to the one with Scott and didn't he like he had like a minute and a half long <laughs> of pause. complete silence that I did not dare interrupt. Yes, you're correct. I was because, like, nope, I'm not going to say I'm not throwing him a life preserver on this one. He's got to figure it out. And the truth is, with that, is that people are I like, know the why there was stop? that pause? What's happened? Like, I don't know what happened here, and it's like, no, no, that's why. <laughs> I know why there's that pause, and I maybe I'm projecting. I think I know it. Because what we do is so fucking insane. Yeah. It's to be like, I am going to work on music and try to share it with the world and try to travel and see if anybody likes it is like, it is bizarre. That's like, it, like trying to explain that to my sister-in-law who <laughs> like... She, she, she like it's just like you poor thing like why are you why, doing this why to would yourself? you do this yeah <laughs> why would you do this to yourself and it's in in a way there is a choice but it's almost like there is no choice because you know how miserable you would be if you weren't doing it it does make you miserable too but you know it would be so much more miserable 
because there are a lot of headaches involved with doing this. There is a ton. There's bookers that take forever to respond. And you're like, motherfucker, you wanted to, you reached out to me. Yeah. And now you're, now you're ghosting me. What the, like, and this show is a week away. Oh my God. Like there's, there's a lot of headaches. There's a ton of headaches, but you know how miserable you would be if you weren't doing it. You really do. You, you really think about it. It's, and um, I know plenty of people that were doing it and they kind of got out of it. But I know that there's a chance that they may come back always because you, you know you got that itch at one point. You making something and performing it in front of people is like jumping off a building. It really is like so frightening and so thrilling, and it's the greatest high on planet Earth. Uh, that again should be—I'm not the greatest expert because my drug experience is minimal. Uh, but um, but it really like I I when you play a, a, a sh- like a great show you like I don't know it's I, I don't even know how to explain it and you just keep on chasing it I guess yeah or you keep on chasing writing with your best friends yeah. or or not, it doesn't even have to be your best friends people that you make sense with and, and whatnot and you just it's like it, it's an addiction it's like you can't not do it. Um, Christina, our guitarist, she started another band, and I knew it was going to happen. Like there was, I knew she can write songs. I knew there was no way she was never going to return to writing songs and sing, and uh, like. It was it was inevitable. It's going to happen, and she, you know, tomorrow she might be like, "I'm I'm done doing this, this new this new project that she's doing, that I'm also playing in as well." But like, I know that there's a chance that there will always be, she may return, and uh, it it just it makes every. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's what makes you feel like you're living, you know. Yeah. This has been such a long-winded answer, but it is like you know that's that question is going to Believe it or not, the there's, there's, long, been, there's been there's been much longer. One. There's been much longer. Yeah. Don't stress Oh, I'm it. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's it's either like, super quick or it tends to to be like a novella and I love them both. I love them all. Cause there's no wrong answer. It's, 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 uh, it's whatever it is. And I, Carl, I thank you. This is thank you. Time. Thank you. This, this, uh, this was a great pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, I, I, I can't promise you I'm going to come down to your Chicago show, which is the closest to where I live. 
uh, yeah. I got I got a lot going on, but I will assuredly see you down the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I mean, uh, the, the the with this tour, the plan is like we're the main focus is getting to the West Coast. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> we like we will come back to the Midwest because there's just so many places to play. Yeah, talk in to the me. Midwest. Talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Excellent. Have, have a uh, excellent release and uh, and a great tour and uh, thank you very much, man. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, take care. Oh, there it goes. Carl Shane, Cal Marks. What a cool guy. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a uh, that was a lovely time. And uh, yeah, let's listen to him with the new record again. Uh, name of the record is My Name Is Hell. You can get it, calmarks.bandcamp.com, uh, explodingsoundrecords.bandcamp.com uh, for the vinyl. This is the title track. Here we go. My name is Sal.
Friday. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. do. That was some cow marks for you. That is, my name is Hell. And uh, go get the record if you haven't already. Uh, if you haven't already pre-ordered it or anything along those lines. Um, get it at the places that I said to get it at less than a minute ago. CalMarksBandCap.com, Exploding in Sound Records? Exploding in Sound, is that, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, exploding in Sound Records.BandCamp.com. Good stuff. And uh, if you are in any of the places they are playing, go see them on tour. Find that wherever your local internets are. The... Yeah. Cool dude. The name of the show is Coda Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. This show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific on Radionope.com. Broadcasting to Twitch and YouTube as well. This show is always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. If you like the show and want to get episodes sooner and also help the show, Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. We'll achieve that goal. $1 a month will get you there. Thanks, folks, sharing the show around to their friends and their enemies and their frenemies on all the various podcasting places, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. All that helps people find the show. It's just a darn nice thing to do. I appreciate that. Some really rad stuff coming up. Stay tuned. Dan Kabinsky of uh, DeKreutzen coming in. I think Justin Broderick's finally coming in, too. And uh, th- there's one thing I'm not going to say. I don't want to say it until it happens. Bunch of things happening. Stay tuned. Keep it subscribed. If you don't subscribe already, it's real easy. Click on the uh, subscribe button. Away you go. That helps people find the show as well. Oh, Action Chief. ActionChief.bandcamp.com. Can you hear me now? Let's stay safe out there. Take it easy. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
any color at all. Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor, but we haven't got a sponsor, not if you were the last man on earth, she was prepared to prove it, this one goes out to a special girl. broadcasting if there's no one there to receive it's the end of radio as we come to the close of our broadcast
emergency. Hey.